Welcome to the next episode of SparkCast. I'm joined by... Thomas. King of Braves, Sammy Gar. <laughs> we have a special treat for everybody today. We are listening to an audio cassette. And not just any audio cassette from Transformers. We are listening to a UK audio cassette. What do I know about this project? Absolutely nothing at all. Can't figure out who wrote it or voiced the the audio cassette other than that it was made by ditto children's series so are you just saying that this was just like some renegade project not officially licensed and oh no it's no it's record at all licensed i'm sure outsourced to some company to sell the different things i don't know yeah copyright so did it come with uh like a particular toy or book or something nope it just came with two stories, one on each side. We're listening to the first side, Terror of Mount Sheila. But before I begin, there's something I've been wanting to tell all of you that I just can't wrap my brain around before we start. You guys know Transformers 3, the, the live action movie, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely so, not. I well, don't remember that, that at all. that disappointment from Sammy. Wow. <laughs> I, I bought the Blu-ray for like... Why? Five bucks. Disappointing. Why? And it was just the movie. I'm like, where's the special features? Oh, no. I like... uh, Blu-rays don't do that anymore. Uh, DVDs don't do that anymore. Special features are a thing of a past. But this is, you know, six years ago. So I look online, and there is a 3D Blu-ray version. And you have to buy the 3D version of the movie to get the special features. So I ordered that on Amazon, because I got to have everything complete. And guess what's inside this 3D movie for Transformers? A turd. It's th- yeah, it's three <laughs> discs. There's Blu-ray 3D Transformers 3, regular Blu-ray Transformers 3D, and regular F and Blu-ray special features that they didn't include in any Blu-ray copy ever. You had to buy the 3D version to get it. It is the stupidest level of marketing I've ever seen. That is actually really stupid. So they were encouraging people to buy the 3D Blu-ray to get the regular Blu-ray special features, and the regular Blu-ray does not carry them anywhere in the planet Earth. That seems like a scam. You might not even have a 3D Blu-ray player, so why would you even want to buy it? I just, I'm just, the marketing stupidity astounds me on this movie. So that's all, that's my gripe for today. This disc has been sitting here for me to rant about it for like a few weeks since I bought it. That's all. So now we can continue with our regularly scheduled program, unless somebody has any comments about that. Nope. I'm sorry for your <laughs> loss. <laughs> uh, That's why I never really could get into the idea of getting a bunch of digital media, uh, physical media, because it, it was just a disaster from the start. Like, I feel like it was even like that in the DVD days where like the rights holders were constantly changing. And I, I guess I'm mostly coming from the perspective of anime of anime mm-hmm. where I tried to get all of Ranma on a box set, Oof. but then Oof. before it was all released, by Viz, it was being put out by other companies. So I have like seasons like one through five, and then everything else after that is just a completely different physical form, and it just looks terrible. <laughs> I, I'm like, I know I have that super OCD too, but I haven't had it happen too much with anime, but with manga from like early 2000s, late 90s, that just kept switching hands a million times. Yeah, I hate how different companies. Like, I watched this cartoon called Cops that I bought, and the first 
third of the series was released by one company and it had every single PSA, special features, and then another company got it five years later because they never finished putting out the series and it's just a plain disc with two separate DVDs to buy the whole series, not a single special feature whatsoever. Uh... And it's like they don't, like a lot of times people just don't transfer the special features from company to company, including like uh, audio commentary for some things. Like I have two anime, I can't remember, where there's like an audio commentary from the English dub people. But since it went to another company, they just were like, well, we don't need those people's dubs on this audio commentary. And I'm like, well, it's not even on there. So then I just kept both versions of the DVD, put them in the same disc. Yeah, I feel like it's even an issue with companies that have the rights throughout. Because sometimes, you know, I've looked at DVDs and noticed how they all have all these audio features and stuff. But then the same company will then put out the Blu-ray and then some of the just random stuff will just be missing for some reason. Uh, (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, I so so the only way to do to have it complete is to get the DVD version. That's going to be a completely different like quality and then try to watch that. And like on your 4K TV and just like it was pretty nice, though. Uh, I just watched Got Perfect blue on blu-ray and every special feature from the original dvd a decade ago is also on this blu-ray even though it's a completely different company that put it out that was nice to see there is a particular anime company that uh they're basically like the criterion of like anime you know this entire the... film works has been doing that a lot lately they collect like sometimes two separate dubs like they'll give you the uk and another english dub or there's another like one all i have all the different like yeah you know ads and t- releases and like audio and stuff like that yeah and like there's another one like called uh like area 88 i was watching the dub the, the dvd or the blu-ray release that just came out last year comes with the original dub as well as a new dub that was made six years later from a completely different cast by a different company and they just included all of it that's, that's cool. really nice well yeah i just wish that that kind of stuff was just like you have all this stuff, just put it out there. So I mean, it's a way to sell your stuff. Don't get me started on how uh, I will never see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2003 series on DVD box set because of these rights issues. Because now Nickelodeon has the rights to it and they're just not going to do it because they're put working on their own series. I don't even know. I don't even know if Nickelodeon has it or if Duart still has it or Konami or whatever. Like I, I it is in such limbo. That's what I never understand about Spider-Man either. Like, none of its shows are on DVD in a complete series, like, ever. Like, three of the whole series out of, like, eight of them you can buy as a DVD box set or something. And not a single one of them has been released on Blu-ray except Spectacular Spider-Man, probably because they knew it would actually sell. Oof. It's it's all weird. Like, it's so easy to make DVDs or even digital stuff that it's like, why? Why not just do it? Like, there's there's no reason not to. slap it on a dvd like it, it's there, there's nothing to it you have the material <laughs> like even the transformers box that i have since it's the second release i have no idea if the decade or 15 year ago release from like 2002 and shout factory has other special features that are missing from this one or not so i'd have to do some research but luckily like with a property like transformers everyone has already documented the differences for you but most of the time you won't know that Let's go back to a simpler time when all you had was story beginning and story end. And <laughs> it wasn't that simple because there was a side A and a side B. Yeah, you had to flip that tape. You already flipped records previously in the last generation, so this was just 
you know, the same thing. So you didn't have to learn anything new. You were just flipping vertically oh instead of horizontally. <laughs> <laughs> The cassette tape was actually called The Transformers, Robots in Disguise, The Battle for Earth. And The Battle for Earth encompassed both of these stories, which was Terror of Mount Sheila and Bumblebee to the Rescue. So we're going to be listening to Terror of Mount Sheila. And it's spelled S-H-E-E-L-A-H. Play it up, maestro. Terror of Mount Sheila. Many years ago, a race of robots called Autobots were forced to wage a war against another robot race called Decepticons. This was in order to bring peace to their home planet of Cybertron. The war ranged far and wide through space, and chance brought them close to Earth, where, in their ferocious tussle, they both crashed so violently that all the robots lay buried in the Earth's crust, seemingly without life. Four million years later, in our time, energy set in motion by a powerful volcanic eruption gives them life again, and the war starts up once more here on Earth. But now, not only do the Autobots have to defend themselves against the unscrupulous Decepticons, but also swear to protect this planet Earth with all its resources and its inhabitants from them. At the same time, I do not like this they must guy also narrated. try to build a new spaceship so that one day they can return to Cybertron. Because Just of their ability to appear as either robot or vehicle, they are called the Transformers. Now, that doesn't make any sense. Terror of Mount Sheila. <laughs> Leaving most of their cars, they were already called Transformers the before they landed. St. Hilary, a half dozen or so Autobots under the command of their leader, Optimus Prime, had set off on a scouting mission. They were desperately searching for a source of energy that would enable them to rebuild their starship to make the return to Cybertron. <laughs> they had transformed and moved thousands of miles in their search. Now they were in the wild, deserted countryside of Central South America. With them, to guide and advise, were two Earth people with whom they had struck up a great friendship. They were the brothers John and Tim Gordon, both John and Tim. And geographical experts. <laughs> John and, and both Tim. were now riding in Huffer's cab across the rough countryside. The hot sun I'm assuming they're South American? The convoy. Huffer, as usual, was grumbling. Uh, travel, travel, Huffer. always on the move. I suppose they think I need exercise. John yes, smiled. He knew been... Huffer's reputation and love of a good grumble. <laughs> you know, Optimus what? Prime feels it's absolutely top priority to find the energy source. Oh God! It's a yes, southern or south. Not only to rebuild the ark, I, yeah, but to use I was going to say, the are these guys Central America or something? I know, I know. Huffer grumbled, and to be able to bargain with them to persuade them to leave Earth as well. I wouldn't be sorry to see them go. Tim added, "They don't care what damage they cause." And so the Autobots steadily continued on their way. Optimus Prime, Jazz, Sideswipe, Gears, Sunstreaker, and Ratchet. Suddenly, Huffer came None to a standstill. Within seconds, the My other two Autobots most hated characters are in this. 
John and Tim stepped down from Huffer's cab. The Autobots all transformed. What's the matter, Huffer? Asked Jazz. <laughs> you tired of something? <laughs> Not too tired, tired to see something, Huffer replied. I saw something just now. A lizard, but I didn't stop to tell everybody. Gears complained. <laughs> Optimus Prime interrupted. What did you see, Huffer? Huffer turned to his leader. Thank goodness somebody can take an intelligent interest. Yes, but what did you see? inquired Sunstreaker. Huffer pointed. Look over there, in the far distance on the horizon. Oh what is it? Oh, God, this voice. <laughs> they all followed Huffer's gaze. Then John, shielding his eyes from the bright sunlight, said, <laughs> It's a volcano. So that's oh. a volcano, said Jazz. I know <laughs> a volcanic eruption was responsible for our release, but I didn't know what an actual volcano looked like. You live under one! Why is it cheap like that? asked Sunstreaker. Tim explained how, after an eruption, the lava flow builds up into a cone. Is this and an educational tape? at the top of the cone, tape? there is a great crater. He went on to tell them that sometimes a volcano rests quietly for years and suddenly erupts with tremendous force and power, throwing yeah, lava and great stones from the crater. A lot of extra down detail. the volcano's sides to enlarge the cone. We got 20 minutes to fill, okay, guys? They all listened with interest. Get back to the robots. Then Optimus Prime commented, The longer I am on your Earth, the stranger it becomes. <laughs> But it must be a tremendous source of energy to cause an eruption like that. Almost beyond imagination when it does erupt, Tim replied. Huffer <laughs> grumbled. I don't suppose it ever erupts, so let's not waste time talking about it. Let's Guess get what? On. It's probably going to erupt. It was you that stopped in the first place, complained Gears. I knew I would do something wrong, Huffer muttered. Then Optimus Prime said, Let's go and look at it. With all that power there, it might be useful to us. John An active volcano. We on Earth have never found a way to harness the power. Optimus Prime replied gently. I like you Earth people. Well, most of them. But could I respectfully suggest that your technical science is light years behind us from Cybertron? John and Tim both smiled. They knew the Autobot leader spoke the truth. Then Optimus Prime asked, But tell me, does this particular volcano often erupt? The two brothers spent a few minutes studying their Only maps. Only when the plot records. suggests it. Finally, Tim said, yeah. That, in fact, appears to be Mount Sheila, a volcano that erupts quite frequently. Oh. John, who had been poring over other references and papers, added, As a matter of interest, an eruption has been expected for some months there now. Is Sunstreaker ever going to talk? Now, Optimus Prime ordered, Transform! Within moments, John and Tim were back in Huffer's cab. And they were all heading toward the Ugh, distant volcano. They have to put up with Hover for a whole day's journey. In the oh meantime, I mean, day's back journey. In the awesome Decepticon fortress, things were happening. I would have killed myself. I was, myself gonna, I was wondering, like, where are the Decepticons? Because this whole thing sounds like a Decepticon plan, like harnessing the energy of a volcano. Eventually, he spoke. Yeah. Well done, Laserbeak. Good work and very interesting, but a little puzzling too. What is it, Megatron? Asked Starscream. <laughs> Laserbeak has discovered that self-righteous Autobot leader Optimus Prime has set off with five others of his group and two Earth people and are at this moment in Central South America. Skywarp snarled. That's good news. Very good news. Only six of them. Let's go and destroy them now. Come on, let's go. Wait. I am your leader, snapped Megatron. You will do as I say. We will investigate. No, let's go now, Skywarp argued. And what if it's a trap? What will you do, eh? Skywalker, <laughs> not answer. 
That is why I am your leader, snapped Megatron. Ravage said, I know Hound and all the other Autobots are still in the Ark on the mountain because I have been spying. I wonder why these six are in South America, Megatron oh. said. We shall find six out. Again. Rumble, Starscream, Buzzsaw, Soundwave, Skywarp, Laserbeak, come with me. Oh, the God. rest of you stay here. We shall find out what is happening in South America. The Decepticons rose in the air at high speed, and Laserbeak led them to the bleak, deserted volcanic region of America. Meanwhile, the six Autobots, with Wait. John and Tim, got nearer to the volcano. He said of America, The closer right? they approached it, the more difficult it no, became to No, did he say progress. Sun Street? Or... Gears lifted some of the stones and rocks out of the way, grumbling that it was always him who had to do the hard work. <laughs> Sideswipe told him, You were even more miserable than Huffer, if that is possible. It's all right for you lot, Gears called, <laughs> hauling a particularly large rock out of their path. All you do is watch me work. It's hard work watching you work, Jazz said. John and Tim smiled. They enjoyed the mock rivalry between the Autobots, but knew how loyal they really were to each other. Soon they started to climb up the sides of the volcano, and all except Gears and Sideswipe found it easier to transform to their robot selves because of the hard going. John and Tim had the easiest time yeah, as they were carried cars by one or other of the go up mountains. Eventually, they all reached the top and stood gazing down into the steaming, evil-looking, bubbling crater. Fantastic, exclaimed Optimus Prime. The power that must be down there surely can be harnessed in some way. They remained on the crater edge, looking and wondering. There was a low, rumbling sound, and the volcano seemed to tremble a little and the bubbling increased for a moment. John caught Tim's eye. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? He said. Yes, Tim person. nodded, then said, Optimus, I have a funny feeling this is going to erupt soon. Wait for Optimus to transform, wonderful. then push him Optimus into the volcano. Replied. Then we can see at first hand the available power, and if there is any way it can be harnessed for our uses. John and Tim looked worried. They were not too keen to be about if the volcano did decide to erupt. Tim said quietly, Well, we're all right for a while, John. But another rumble was heard. The volcano shook again. I hope so, John said. While all this was taking place, the Decepticon patrol was swiftly approaching. Eventually, Laserbeak gave a screech and indicated that they were in the vicinity of the Autobots. Keep out of sight and sound, Megatron ordered. You, Laserbeak, get but in as close as you can and try not to be observed and bring us back a full report of where they are and what they are doing. Starscream said, We could wipe them out now! Strike while the enemy isn't looking! If we destroy their leader, they will be lost! Interesting, Megatron replied with sarcasm. So if I, your leader, am ever destroyed, you'll all be lost without me, eh? Starscream didn't answer. All the Decepticons knew how ambitious he was to replace Megatron as leader. Megatron continued. Your silence is intriguing. Do I take it that your loyalty is doubtful, or that you agree that my absence would be painful? But before Starscream could reply, Laserbeak returned with his report. He transformed into his other disguise as an audio cassette. Soundwarp slotted the cassette into his own playback system, and they all listened to Laserbeak's observations. Then Megatron said, I wonder what this mountain with a hole in its top is. Why it sends out steam like that? Why is Optimus Prime and his team there? 
Buzzsaw said. I wonder why they are all standing at the top and looking down into it. Megatron mused. Then we must find out. It must be something of use to them, or they wouldn't be wasting their time out in this godforsaken land gazing into it. And Skywarp added, If it is of use to the Autobots, it will be of use to us, the Decepticons. Exactly, Megatron agreed. Exactly so. Starscream said quietly, Then we do as I suggested in the first place. Destroy them. Megatron sounded annoyed. Yes, with reservations. What reservations? It was Rumble, who had remained fairly quiet until now. (laughs) We pounce on them as unexpectedly as possible, but try not to destroy the two Earth people. Why not? Starscreech demanded. They are obviously helping the Autobots and are of use to them, so... His voice trailed off. Agreed. Megatron sighed. I think it may have dawned on even you. They can be of use to us instead. Earth people are not strong physically. I am sure we can persuade them to give us particulars of the mountains they are studying. Buzzsaw commented. If we go in at them with all weapons blazing, it would be difficult not to destroy the Earthmen, too. Megatron said. Then that will be unfortunate. Our first priority is to obliterate those stupid Autobots and take their place at the top of the mountain. Second, if possible, to take the Earth people and force them to tell us all about it. Excellent thinking, Chief. You are right as usual. Rumble said, <laughs> as always anxious to be in his leader's oh books. Then Megatron gave the command. Attack! So the Decepticons swooped in on the unsuspecting Autobots, who were still at the crater's edge, looking down at it, completely fascinated. It was Jazz who first became aware of them. Don't look now, you guys, but we've got trouble. Within seconds, there was chaos on the crater's edge. Thanks to Jazz's warning and Optimus Prime's quick thinking, the Autobots were able to return enough fire to make the Decepticons take slight evasive action so that their missiles either went into the crater or further on. Megatron snapped an order. All Decepticons report in robotic form on opposite edge of crater to enemies. Jesus. The order was obeyed instantly. Is it just me or... The but dialogue if we go between in blindly, there is the Transformers no seems really, the really verbose. And now I have seen this place, I realize we do need their knowledge. They have 20 minutes to fill. <laughs> what is your plan, Megatron? Asked Skywarp. That's a good Starscream voice, right? We have superior weaponry and numbers. We can slowly pick them off from here, one by one. They also have the added problem of protecting the two Earth people. And as if to demonstrate, he fired off his nuclear-charged fusion cannon in the direction of the Autobots. He was immediately answered by a blast from Jazz's fuel-firing power. Optimus Prime kept John and Tim behind him for protection. Sporadic firing took place. The ground shook, and both John and Tim pulled at Optimus' module. For a moment, he seemed annoyed. What is it? Tim spoke first. (laughs) We must all get down from here as quickly as we can. Optimus fired a round from his laser rifle. I know you must be afraid, Tim. I am sorry we have placed you in this position. You two clamber down as well as you can, and we shall stay here and fight these fiendish enemies from our own planet. We are not scared of them. Well, not very. Not while you're here. But we have all got to get down now, Tim said. More vicious firing came from the direction of the Decepticons. Optimus Prime returned some fire and then said, No Autobot ever runs away from Decepticons. John looked pleadingly. Optimus, please. 
Optimus sounded unusually vexed and snapped. <laughs> no, thirsty Optimus. More exchanges of fire took place. Not my hero. The sound was terrifying. The very earth trembled. Then John very firmly said, "Optimus Prime, I appeal to you." Oh God, just tell him we you have see helped this you on many occasions. That's what's happening, we right? We have this one major request. Please order this retreat and get down the mountain now. Tim shouted above the noise of the weapons. Trust us, Optimus. Trust us. We are not cowards. Frat? We're no more frightened of the Decepticons than you are. Trust us. Optimus Prime looked at them both. I trust you completely, and it would be insulting not to trust you now. And then, to the surprise and even the shock of the Autobots, he ordered them to retreat as quickly as possible down the volcano's slopes. The Autobots could hardly believe their ears, but all had complete faith in their leader. Then Is this Optimus their first Prime ever said, wife, retreat? You cover our retreat. When you know we are halfway down, come down and join us. Understood, Sideswipe replied. Then each Autobot fired a final burst at their enemies and clambered down the steep slope. Never thought we would ever run away, Huffer grumbled. Optimus Prime quietly said, John and Tim asked us to trust them. Do you or don't you? Huffer said, Yes, of course I do, but... Then do what the leader ordered and don't grumble, Jazz commented. <laughs> None of us want to retreat, but orders are orders. They clambered on down, and after a while the noise of the firing weapons became fainter, and then stopped, and they were joined by Sideswipe. They know we have retreated, he said. Meanwhile, the Decepticon group were both angry and delighted. Laserbeak had reported that the Autobots had retreated completely. I always suspected that their leader was a coward, sneered Megatron. Rumble nodded. Perhaps so, great Megatron, but I never thought I would see our enemy give in as easily as that. Skywarp said, <laughs> Can't we go after them and finish them off? Starscream, who was looking at the great boiling crater, commented, We have plenty of time for that later, Megatron. Look at the force and power here. This is what they were after. Megatron joined him. I wonder if they were finding a way to harness it. That is why I didn't want the Earth creatures killed. By retreating like that, they have played into our hands. We are in possession of this power source, and we can capture some other Earth What's that noise? who know about it and... He stopped speaking. That then, rumbling noise. What that was that? That rumble. What, oh great Megatron? Rumble asked. A noise down there in that deep bubbling hole. I heard it too, said Soundwave. In fact, I have been Why Soundwave whispering? What is it? Suddenly, they knew the answer. In one almighty roar, the crater exploded. Fire and flame burst up into the sky. Great rocks flew out like pebbles, rocks big enough and forceful enough to even knock down the great powerful Decepticons. A gigantic, foaming, hideous mass of molten lava gushed up and spilled over the crater's edge. The Decepticons were taken completely unawares. Only Laserbeak, who had been flying, tracing the retreat of the Autobots, escaped. The Decepticons were knocked over and tumbled fast halfway down the side of the volcano. And before they could Let's transform, them off, the boiling Optimus. lava had trapped them and held them prisoner. Any creatures other than those from Cybertron would have perished instantly. But the Decepticons just shouted in anger as the lava held them trapped. Laserbeak saw their plight and came flying over. Megatron shouted, We have been trapped! We can't move! Get back to the fortress and bring all the help you can, quick! Go on! Go! And as Laserbeak sped back for assistance... The Autobots far below saw the plight of their enemies. Optimus Prime turned to John and Tim. Thank you both. And then he turned to all the other Autobots. 
Always trust true friends, whether from our planet or this one. On our way, transform! And with John and Tim once more in Hoffer's cab, they continued on their way. But they couldn't resist giving some triumphant blasts on their horns at the Decepticons, who were trapped high above in the cooling lava and unable to move while furiously awaiting rescue teams from Decepticon headquarters. So that's just, that's it. They just decide to just, hey, our foes were defeated and we can make sure they're done for good. But let's just go home instead. Just go home, (laughs) like some of the other media, where it's like, well, we won the day. Well, you don't need to do anything else. Yeah, no, that's it. Go home, take a nap. Don't even go laugh at them or anything. It's like, thanks, human. I was just like, why don't, what what was with all this suspense and buildup? All they had to do was say, hey, Optimus, we need to get the, the F out of Dodge here because it's about to explode. Oh, yeah. They just keep bothering him over and over again to the point that he just snaps and goes, he's what, like, humans? What do like, you want? No, let's just walk down the mountain. Just just come on. Let's just leave. Don't you want to go down and get away from this mountain? But don't say anything about why. <laughs> Unless they said, you know, the Decepticons can hear our every word, and that's why. But that was never indicated. So... So that was an episode... <laughs> That seemed like a bit much for, like, I don't know. I guess. So it seemed like a bit much for, like, kids. Like, because it it was really verbose. It was definitely using some words that I feel like we'd definitely go over a kid's head. Also, like, but if if it is for kids, I mean, I'm assuming this is is definitely a low-budget production. But, like. (laughs) One guy was doing, like, 20 voices. Yeah, and I mean, I feel bad for him. Yeah, you have to have 20 voices to do all of that. But, yeah, like, they're just, they weren't different sounding enough half the time to where i'm just like who who is talking right now yeah and i wish he would say set so and so said first before he would say it after like he did most of the time yeah it's said a lot let's talk about the voices first off did any of them stand out to you because i made three comments here i actually liked dumb starscream since that's so iconic the starscream voice didn't sound right the voice that he used for Skywarp sounded more like a Starscream voice. Skywarp <laughs> sounded like a Smurf, is what I put in my notes. <laughs> the other voice that kind of just stood out was uh, Jazz. He just yes. sounded like some kind of like Beatles hippie. It just, it was just weird. It was so funny every time he talked. Even though it wasn't like a good voice, it made me laugh. Yeah, that voice in particular just made me just think it was like. Yeah, you have to voice a lot of voices, and you're just using whatever you got. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. This is like this is all I can do. What can I yeah, do? There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah, they just threw him in the booth and was like, "Here you go." Yeah, I kind of got that vibe with John and Tim, the really traditional sounding South American character names. Those two also <laughs> sounded like like. This is what I have left. Like I'm going to use the more er- interesting voices for the Autobots or and the Decepticons. But John and Tim, you just get here's American one and American two, <laughs> <laughs> even though they're supposed to be South Americans. And uh, I actually kind of liked Huffer's voice that he'd used for it, even though it sounded more like it would fit with Ironhide's voice. Yeah, I think Huffer's voice kind of matches up a bit relative to the other ones. That one was uh, fit just fine. Megatron sounded fine as well. Uh, Megatron sounded like the narrator. I really like his dialogue, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And Optimus, he just sounded like generic hero. Uh, I do want to make a comment on the narrator's voice. Like it, uh, it bothers me 
that like 95% of his lines all ended on like a down note. Like when you're talking, it ends sloping down. I don't know how to explain that. But anyways, it made it sound so monotonous because you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, he didn't add any life into the story, really. Like, you can add life, too, without acting like an episode. Like, if you listen to any other audiobook, the way that they say the lines with inflection and annotations and spacing, like, gives it life without it being Hmm. monotonous. Anyways, I I I just finished five chapters of an audiobook, so I'm, like, super (laughs) critical. (laughs) Tell us what you really feel. No, I think, Uh, no, I think you're spot on, Sammy, because he, I I definitely got a monotonous vibe from him, and and even if he wasn't, well, yeah, I mean, to not be monotonous, you would have to show some kind of emotion, but he didn't show any. Like, it's a kid's audiobook about robots fighting and volcanoes blowing up, but there didn't seem to be any type of excitement or emotion behind yeah. it. It was just here. Here is a statement about a thing that's here happened. Are facts. The volcano will explode. Do you remember the other one we listened to before, like the continents collide and all that, and just how like crazy the voices were, and like yeah. the narrator actually stood out a little bit more. It's also it's also better to overact than it is to underact. So even I would have appreciated something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just just listening to it. You don't really feel a whole lot. I mean, most of most of my the, what made it more interesting was just the fact that some of the other criticism I had about just that's a weird voice for this character. It wasn't it really anything about what is actually going on. Why was Megatron's plan not? And I even drew a diagram of this. Autobots are standing at the top of volcano. Why don't you come around where they're standing and shoot them so they fall in the volcano? And then later, he's like, oh, come around the opposite direction. I was like, no, you knocked them down the hill. What kind of battle strategy are you using? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would make sense. There was one line where it made sense why he didn't do that. Well, the Autobots didn't know. So it just it makes sense that the Transformer, uh, the Decepticons also didn't know. Because uh, Megatron was saying that he basically didn't understand like what they were doing. He's like, why is that mountain shooting off steam? He didn't know what a volcano was, even though... <laughs> Both the Autobots and the Transformers walked out of a volcano. Uh, yeah. Nobody doing their research here. And what is this? Yeah, the volcano erupted for like, what, five seconds? I actually looked it up while we were listening to it. And most volcanoes, the least time they usually last is 24 hours. There have been incidents of smaller volcanoes lasting a little bit less than 24 hours, but never... Any yeah. like like five minutes. Yeah, usually the those smaller ones, they aren't really as devastating. So this one is definitely unique in that I guess it it was massive, like it was a massive explosion, but then it was over immediately. Here, I wanna I'm gonna ask Google if okay. Can you cause a volcano to erupt by shooting missiles at it? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a very normal question. Because I'm just like, did I? It seemed, according to the plot, that the volcano just erupted by sheer coincidence while they were there. <laughs> so, but it, it never said due to the missiles or anything like that. that I, I'm just like, I feel like it was just coincidence. But now I'm just thinking, oh, because yeah, because they were having the battle on top of it, so did, did not like accelerate it. 
in the Transformers episode, there was that one time where they stopped the volcano by just shooting rocks to stop fall into the volcano and stop. Yeah, to fill the hole. Yeah, which is totally not realistic. So now I'm wondering if it's realistic or unrealistic to shoot a ton of missiles at a volcano to cause it to erupt. Well, considering the track record of Transformers (laughs) and all the forums we've listened and watched, it's probably not realistic. Well, here we go. A a volcanology class where a guy actually tells you what to do if you're a mad scientist who wants to cause a volcano to erupt. (laughs) No, a bomb has to be inside the volcano directly to cause it to explode. You can't do it from the outside. Though no one has ever actually tried this in reality, and this is all (laughs) hypothetical. All right, that's good to know. I'll I'll make sure uh, when I visit Hawaii, I'll just have a couple of bombs with me. Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) When I fly on a 757 to Hawaii with my pair of bombs. (laughs) Drop on the volcano to make it. Let me knock on my door in a second or two. (laughs) 50 years later, someone's going to like bring this up being like, yeah, he threatened to pull a bomb on the volcano. He said he was going to destroy Hawaii. It was all for science, you know, because we wanted to prove this cartoon, like, incorrect. I didn't know it would really happen. Uh, Tell you folks Uh out there, please don't destroy any volcanoes. Thank you. We are not responsible. I think that's hilarious. There's actually an article about telling you how to do it if you're a mad scientist bent on world domination from Wired Magazine. Just probably trying to get, you know interesting articles for people to read at the website. Also, I like how, you know, Optimus had faith in his comrades, even though he was irritated so much. He's like, oh, what do you guys want? Oh, trust? Okay, yeah, I guess I trust you guys. You know, complete emotional switch, like bipolar Optimus, but at least, you know, he has faith in his human and all his companions. He's just going to murder them later. It's all a show. I just wanted to see Optimus like stand at the bottom of the volcano and said, look, the Decepticons are trapped. Let's go finish them off. <laughs> like, because they're just stuck in there. The la- like the last cartoon we watched, the Autobots were all stuck in quicksand and, and <laughs> just Megatron just leaves and says, eh, we'll let the quicksand drag them down and we'll leave only Laserbeak to watch. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> This is like the same thing happening in reverse this time, only with, you know, being stuck in Volcano. That, oh my god, did that Volcano stuff harden immediately, right? Yeah, I mean, the way it sounded like, pretty much. So, uh, did you guys hear the narrator call Starscream Starscreech? Yeah, I think he did mess up a couple of names in there. So, yeah, that, that, I don't know if I heard that he one, was, but that doesn't surprise me. He was trying his best, okay? He doesn't know what a GoBot is. <laughs> i'm sorry Uh, but i love this line like it's almost like the writer knows the cartoon series because he's like you're even more miserable than huffer if that's possible and as he says this two gears and i'm like oh my god this is hilarious sorry because gears and huffer are both awful and then one is purposely calling one of them more awful than the other (laughs) (laughs) i mean gears is like really irritating and annoying because he's kind of a little tough of himself sometimes and complains all the time but huffer complains but is also like down about it like completely the opposite of how gears complains he's like oh man we ain't gonna make it i guess i better kill myself yeah. Why do they appear so often? Like, <laughs> th- 
There's so many Autobots. Why Why do they always appear? I think they forget about Gears and Huffer by the time Season 2 comes out. I hope. Good. I mean, they're dumb. Like, what do they do? <laughs> I just, I still can't believe you have Spider-Man team up with one Autobot, and it's it's freaking Gears for one issue of the comic. Thanks. That was the crossover extravaganza I was always hoping for. But that's me going off on a tangent, so... So were you excited to see Gears and Huffer in this story, Sammy? Oh, no. No, I, could, I, I couldn't care less. <laughs> it sounds like... As I, said, as I said, the least important Autobots were there. I heard Jazz, Huffer, and Optimus. I, I think Gears only had two lines. I, I didn't even really hear, like, Sideswiper and Sunstreak. They were there in the background. They Look, had... He ran I think out those, of voices. Yeah, and Ratchet those two had, never like, spoke. One, Ratchet? I don't, he wasn't there, was he? No, he was, there. he was there. He said, oh. and then they mentioned uh, Hound, but he doesn't actually talk. But then when it came to the Decepticons, I remember Skywarp, Starscream, Megatron, and then Rumble, because Rumble has a deep voice despite being the smallest auto, uh, Decepticon. The Decepticons definitely seem like they got an even distribution of lines. I felt like with the Autobots, Jazz talked a lot with this beatnik voice. Uh, what'd you think of the humans? southern south america i don't know how to describe the what he was going for with the both of them but tim's voice was pretty awful when he was first getting ready to introduce them and was going on with such a long sentence to describe just two humans i thought he was getting ready to say bark plug and um spike but then he just drops tim (laughs) tim and john Yep. We can come up with anything else. I wonder if the other cassettes in the series are going to have different human characters. I guess that would be interesting, at least. It would be interesting, but I hope that they're interesting. (laughs) Unlike these that had no personality. There could have been one in the story and it wouldn't have mattered. I look forward to seeing if, if it's the same narrator, if he keeps the voices in line <laughs> i do have this uh this is the only adventure that the gordon brothers ever appear in they are not in the other three cassette adventures oh they were brothers wow. so they did kill them <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's probably the same narrator i'm assuming but i guess we'll cross that space bridge when we get to it so on the next time on Sparkcast. Bumblebee something something. Bumblebee to the rescue. Oh my god, that's the same title as one of the coloring books. That's not going to cause any confusion. Make sure to go to discogs.com and order this audio cassette for four US dollars. Wow, that's such a deal. <laughs> or you could just go and download it for free at the site I Google. always say. Google.com. The site I always say every time I record one of these episodes for images, which I'm blanking right now. Wow. Oh, yeah. CampHorrtree.com has all these on it. So anyway, we hope you enjoyed this look at Audio Cassette Adventure, UK slash Europe edition. Signing off for today, I am uh, don't have any interesting Transformers thing to add to my name, Sean. And signing off also are my other co-hosts. Gow Sammy? Gow me? Gow me? I tried. <laughs> that's all terrible. Gow Ming. That's, that's her name. Gow Ming. So... <laughs> I was 
I think I said say my guard the first time, and I was trying to flip it around. So the gal instead of the mm-hmm. gal guy guards. It's dumb. It c- continue. <laughs> Insert some uh, dumb combination name here. And this uh, is my name's Thomas. This, this <laughs> is. He's like, don't kill those humans. Even though, like in one of the other books, he's like, eh, we can just kill all those slaves. Kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> We just watched the that three part episode where he decided that Cybertron was more important than Earth. All those people died, and we saw that one city that was completely empty. That was millions of people right there. He's a murderer. No, they were in the bomb shelters. They all survived. They oh got the- yeah, right. Yep, yep. <laughs> he didn't hesitate one bit. He re- he had flashbacks of when those humans were throwing rocks and screwdrivers at him. <laughs> We're signing off for today, and we'll see you next time, which I already said. Bye! Bye!